You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. you triathlon freaks and geeks and welcome to another great episode of zen and the art of triathlon the podcast where we go long on endurance and how to improve ourselves with a little bit of zen along the way all right this is coach brett we got a special episode today we have no guests just us staring at the wall (laughs) zen meditation but uh yeah, we've got a discussion today. We're going to talk about the Zen concept of heaven and hell. Oh, it's going to be so good. Mostly heaven. And yeah, we had we had some uh, we had an interview lined up, and then it uh, actually fell through due to scheduling stuff. And I thought this would be a really good time to talk about some Zen stuff so we can apply it to our lives. It'll be good. And I think also we have a little bit of audio from Kai on the on the drive back from his mountain bike race. We talk about how things went. He's always fun to talk to. So that's pretty cool. And then I've already recorded a bunch of training log for us to listen to. I'll take you out with me while I go out and train and see what happens. I'll try to explain uh, what I'm doing and why. And I think I'll do a little bit of an injury report maybe after the after the Zen talk what's going on the the goodness that's going on with my plantar fasciitis that's healing up just nicely and i think i think that's it i think we'll do all that and get a show out there and uh, before we do any sponsors let's go ahead and get the good stuff out of the way let's talk about zen heaven and hell so i was listening to a podcast no, an audiobook. That's what it was. And it's actually an audiobook that's derived from a TED Talk. And it's called The Stillness Project. And it's actually a really short audiobook. I have a subscription to audible.com. So I get uh, two audiobooks a week or a month, I think. And it's, uh, it's good stuff. And so I was listening to a podcast where they were interviewing Matt Mullowig. And Matt Mullowig is the founder the inventor almost uh, behind WordPress and you know he's from Houston and I'm from Houston sort of I'm from Ohio Alabama then mostly Houston <laughs> and then College Station uh, so anyway his mannerisms of speaking is just so soothing and addictive to uh, to listen to when you when you listen to somebody you want to listen to somebody that just sounds like everything's going to be okay. You know, like a soothing voice. That's the best, best stuff to listen to. And I really enjoy it. So Matt Mullowig is like that. When, you, when he talks about WordPress and open source, you just get this feeling like it's all, it's all going to work. <laughs> like, where am I getting this from? Oh, it's just the tone of his voice. It's his, man, it's his speaking style. And uh, on that note, I, uh, I've noticed that I really do enjoy listening to people that are from the South. Thing. Tangent, tangently speaking, I think that guy's from the South. Uh, you are not so smart. That guy's from the South. And then Bruckner Chase, who's been on, um, he's been on Zentry a few times. He just narrated the audio on a video. For, I don't know if it's for Noah, N O A A, 
National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration, but um, it has NOAA stuff in it about riptides and how to be safe in the ocean. And his, he's an older guy. He's, I don't know, he's 45, 50. And uh, he's a badass open ocean swimmer. And he just talks like this. And it made me realize that uh, I sometimes I talk too fast on the podcast. I'm trying to get so much out there that a lot of it, half of what you're saying, or maybe more of what you're saying is how, how you're saying it, you know? It's your delivery. And it's that, it's that maybe 90%, it's that tone of confidence and relaxed and slow pace. Everything, hey, by the way, it is true. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. It's all cool. Oh, and by the way, I'm in the car, but uh, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I thought I'd record this uh, while I'm, I'm uh, getting some stuff done and get this out there. So we'll, we'll all be good. If there's any jittering sound, that's the bike rack on the back of the Nissan Xterra, as you'd expect. Oh, man. So I was uh, listening to this stuff, and I thought, man, I, I should check out this book, Matt Mullawig. There's a guy riding some kind of super, super enduro bike. He just went by. Oh, my God. Anyway, and he mentioned an audiobook that he really liked. And it comes from a TED Talk, and it's called The Stillness Project. <clears throat> and the author actually narrates it, which is interesting. And he uh, talks about, he's been busy. This guy's been busy his whole life. And... He went to go research somebody, found him, and, and uh, it was all about being still. The art of stillness, I think. The art of being still, that's what he called it. And it's a short audiobook, an hour and a half long, and it's all about some about slowing yourself down and simplicity so that you can actually be happy. And it's actually a really good book. I really liked it. And there was a segment in it that I wanted to... Um, cover, I quoted it. I was listening to it last night while I was on the bike, which is funny because I'm biking 20 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour downhill. And I'm listening to a book about the um, art of being still. But the point is that it's not actually about being, well, it's kind of being still, but it's about focusing on what you're doing and then enjoying what you're doing and not being other places. And the, the, the takeaway quote that when I was, I wrote it down while I was on the bike, I was like, I've got to remember this. I have a list of uh, Zen strategies and quotes and things to think about that I, that I write down and I keep in a list. And that way I can, uh, if I'm under stress or something, I can go look them up and kind of read through them. Every once in a while, I'll just read through them anyway, because man, they're, the, they're, they're my uh, favorite, my cream of the crop that I, that I like that worked for me and at one point during the book he quotes Shakespeare Shakespeare says there's no such thing as as uh, was it truth truth and lies something like that it's only it's only the mind that makes it so it's only thinking that makes it so unhappiness and unhappiness it's only the mind that, that makes it so and then he goes on to say heaven is not wanting to be anywhere else. And this is 
really, really powerful because, like all things, and it this actually goes uh, a few layers deep. And let me explain how. There's another great uh, book. And it's a cartoon book about Zen. It's where I really finally understood what Zen was about. Because uh, a cartoon book for kids is actually uh, <laughs> a pretty good teaching tool. And I'm going to have a sip of my water here. Hold on. And it was, on, it was the Zen concept of heaven and hell. And they said, uh, it was a monk, and then a general, and this is a Japanese samurai general or a Chinese um, warlord of some sort, big powerful general. And the general says, I am a very powerful general. What can you tell me about heaven and hell? And the general, the monk looks at him up and down and says, You are a terrible warrior. You are a joke of a warrior. You couldn't basically fight your way out of a wet paper bag with both hands and a flashlight. If they had flashlights back then. But he just insults the general right where, right where it hurts. Where it really matters to the general and his ego. And the general gets furious and, and draws his sword and says, You scumbag, I'm going to kill you right now. You are, you're going to die. I am enraged. And the monk points at him and says, Right now, you are in hell. This is hell. And the general got it. He had a moment of enlightenment. And he, uh, he was like overcome with, since he got it, he was overcome with happiness. He goes, oh my gosh, I create my own hell. I get it. And so he was happy. And then the monk says, right now, you are in heaven. And then the, the, uh, the general double got it like a double rainbow in the sky. And then it had a little summary beneath the cartoon explaining this. This is a book called Zen Speaks. It is so, so good. Because it makes it really obvious how everything works in Zen. And so the, the traditional Zen thought is that heaven and hell is available right here, right now. You make your own heaven, you make your own hell. And I really love this because... You can control your reaction. And like Shakespeare said, you know, happiness and misery isn't, aren't real. It's aren't real things. It's the human mind. It's the mind that makes it so. And so it's basically how you deal with your own situation that makes you happy or hell. And I've heard another phrase is prison is anywhere that you don't want to be. <laughs> well, prisoners kind of get the system down and they become the the boss of their cell block and they're uh, selling cigarettes and making money and they're getting uh, things done from inside the cell and they've got a plan. That's usually what makes people really happy is to have a plan. Then they, um, 
they're not really in prison anymore. They're being productive and they feel good, right? They're doing as well inside as they would be doing outside, right? But let's say you're a wealthy kid and you're at home by yourself and you're lonely and it sucks and you've got hours until somebody's going to come pick you up and you're waiting, uh, yeah, for your friends to come. Uh, you don't you don't have friends or something like that. That's prison, right? Even though you've got five iPads and an iPhone and a big screen TV. So back to the the saying about um, heaven is not wanting to be anywhere else. Because I I found this so powerful. I took an Instagram shot photo of the... um, of the audiobook on my iPhone and then Instagrammed it, tweeted it, and then told, uh, let's park over here, everybody. And then co- copy and pasted that quote that I had written down for my own happiness. Because I think there's another layer right here. Because we can all get that one point. But I think something else, this is what I love about Zen, is just when you think... You kind of got it all figured out. Something happens. Usually it's about every week or two that opens your mind even further. And you're you're like, oh, wow. And you understand everything like another level deeper. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like triathlon where it's never ending. You can always get better, right? Because you can never be perfect because it's three sports. And you can't be perfect at all three. You can only be kind of good. So it's kind of nice how it's the same. But you don't want to be anywhere else. So when we think about that, how what is it that makes you not want to be somewhere else? And I've been working with this and trying trying to figure figure it out. Kind of like a it's a Cohen is what they call it when you, um, you're trying to figure out a puzzle. And there's somebody with a leaf blower and an edger. It's, that is the rule of podcasting. Or it's like the fundamental law of podcasting. Is if you try to record, at some point, somebody with a leaf blower or an edger or a lawnmower will uh, show up. <laughs> it's like one of the... It's like gravity. It's like a law. Anyway, the... Uh, not wanting to be anywhere else. So how do you, it's nice if you don't want to be anywhere anywhere else just by, by coincidence, right? But Zen is a practice. Zen is not, it's something you can work towards and um, improve on and see changes in your life. So aside from you just happen to be on the beach at Cancun and everything's fantastic, you got a buzz on, uh, people are handing food to you or whatever happens. Never been there. But um, how do you actually control the situation and make the place where you are the place where you the place where you want to be and not think of anywhere where else? So first off, you pay attention and you realize while you're while you're doing the thing. Would I rather be somewhere else than what I'm doing right now? And if that's the case, probably got a problem. 
Uh, I think about that with um, when I was when I heard this, I was on the trainer bike doing Zwift, and I was like, well, no, I'm I'm really happy right now. If if I was biking, I really I really like being right where I am uh, biking right now, and that's because I've taken the steps to make biking on the trainer pleasurable. It's actually as good or better as riding outside for short rides because I can just hop on. I don't have to get all kitted up, right? Um, I've got this, uh, it's 10 bucks a month and I've got Zwift, this video game that I like to ride. That's, that's great. I've hacked the video game a little bit so I can always ride the beautiful island and not ride these other two courses, which I, I'm not, I don't dislike. I just like the big island better. <laughs> and um, when one of, our, one of our fans broke, I replaced it with a fan with, this is the funniest thing, a fan that came with a remote control switch on it. So from the bike, I can turn the fan on and I can uh, control the speed of the fan, right? And I've got a subscription to Audible, so I'm listening to audiobooks while I'm uh, biking. And, okay, so this sounds like a lot of stuff, but this is stuff that over eight years or something like that, you know, I'm like, I've, I've engineered, I've made choices, and I'm like, this is better. Get this. Okay, this is better, right? I didn't go out and buy all this stuff at once, you know, I, I, um, as stuff broke, you have a choice, you know. When you when you uh, replace something, you um, you think and you pay attention, and you're like, "What will make this better?" Right? Remote control fan <laughs> is so great, right? And I've got an um, waterproof uh, headphones. I got some earbuds. My um, Jaybirds finally bit the dust, and I've ordered the Apple ones, and and I've uh, I'm just waiting on those. But my point is, is I'm like I would I like where where I'm at while I'm on the bike, right? I'm not thinking about um, wanting to be outside instead, or wishing that I wasn't on the bike at all. And wishing I was eating, and uh, the the or I was you know at a concert or um, just watching TV or something like that. I'm, I'm enjoying myself, and enjoying myself while on the trainer was actually a series of choices that I made over over time. And then I thought, what if? Uh, well, I thought, think of something where you don't uh, enjoy being there all the time. And so I thought, okay, work. I'm at work, you know, I've got to uh, sit there at a desk and do you know, push around a mouse, analyze my TPS reports and do this and do that. Got to go to meetings, got to host the rare meeting. You know, it's all stressful and blah, blah, blah. So how, that's a situation where you could be in hell because you don't want to be there and you know you don't want to be there because you want to be somewhere else. And then, so I was, I was thinking along the lines of like, well, you know, I've got a little uh, dorm fridge in my office, so I've got the food I need, and I've got, um, 
I got a work, I got a task list of things that need to be done next. So then I said, okay, so here's the, here's the process is here's some, here's some helpful procedures is when you find yourself in hell because you don't want to be there, have methods to change the situation a little bit and to fall back on, right? So when, when I'm like, man, I don't want to be here or whatever, I can actually pull up my uh, to-do list and go, what, what on the to-do list? Instead of being miserable going, I don't know what I can do, I can actually pull up a, a to-do list and, and look through the list and go, oh, okay, here's something I can do. And then now you're productive and you actually feel better. And then I had a moment of, 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 uh, of my own little enlightenment right there where I thought, this goes, what's actually happening here has a lot to do with the Zen concept of focusing on one thing at a time. And when you focus on one thing at a time, it allows you to do it well. And then doing it well makes you enjoy it. And then you actually, you enjoy what you're doing and you enjoy being there because you're enjoying your work. And so it's like it went full circle. It went uh, round robin where I was like, oh, so one of the other keys, is, you know, you have, you have your to-do list and your list of things always to work on. But when you're working on things, work on just one thing and enjoy enjoy that and actually see how well you can do it do it with do it with uh style and and your own put your own flavor on it and in it whatever and actually just do it do it right and take pride in your craftsmanship do it with craftsmanship and some engineering and then all of a sudden that thing that uh the, the situation, the place that you're in, in uh, hell about can become heaven because you're actually enjoying being there. And it made me think about a lot of different situations. Like a, you can go through all day, and I have been. It's, uh, it's late the next day, and I'm like, I've been paying attention all day. Am I in heaven or am I in hell? And uh, I had to go, I had to walk um, out in the sun and the heat and I was hungry, but I decided that uh, I had to walk from a building to another building. It's a little bit of a walk. And I was like, well, this sucks, <laughs> right? Um, so this is, this is hell. And then I thought, well, how do you turn this into heaven? And I think this is a, this is a really big key is asking yourself frequently, how do I turn this situation I'm in into quote-unquote heaven? How do I turn the situation into something that's actually enjoyable, right? Instead of just taking it for granted that this is the way it is. Well, I ride on a bike trainer and it sucks. You know, I have to run on the treadmill and it just sucks. How do you change it so that I got to walk a mile from one building to the next and street clothes and work shoes um, instead of, you know, nice jogging shoes or whatever. So, uh, and I'm hungry. How do I turn this into um, heaven? And I was walking with two other people. And I wasn't telling them anybody. They're not interested in this stuff. And I said, um, so what I started doing was I started asking them about what's going on with, 
with their life. And by the end of the uh, by the end of the walk, I I'd, I'd um, learned about you know things that they'd done last weekend and their plans for next weekend, and it was really fulfilling. And I was there and I was engaged and I was in the moment, and it felt like heaven. It felt like, it felt really good that I was with them and listening to them, and I felt like a better person. And um, also back to the thing of me just focusing on them was, uh, was what made it, you know, doing one thing at a time was part of that trick where it actually made it really, really, really nice, you know, that I was, um, I was with, I was, it turned it into, it turned it into a he- more heavenly experience because I was just focusing on them and realizing, you know, I was talking with them. And um, so now, for example, I'm actually kind of looking forward to, I've got some mundane tasks I got to do this afternoon. I got to do some budget stuff. I got to do a little bit of research on, on things that's not triathlon. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, not, it's not my favorite thing to do like triathlon is. And I thought, um, wow, this is, this is really neat. Like I, um, I'm actually looking forward to it because it's stuff that's, uh, when I focus in on it and I'm doing just one thing, I can ask myself, how do I make this one thing more fun or more pleasurable, but not more, but more than that, back to the original statement is how do I make this one thing something where I don't want to be anywhere else? Right, and so how, how do you get comfy? How do you get you know enjoying the the thing that you're actually doing? And to wrap it up, there's also something else where you may say, "Well, of course, no matter what you're doing, that's okay. It's pretty good. Wouldn't you rather be, you know?" Uh, someplace else, like on vacation in uh, New Zealand, <laughs> which would be one of my favorite places to go, right? You could always say, well, I'd rather be there. So the, the limit to that is, the limit to the, to the situation is, is you got to frame it like you're, you're here, the thing you're doing right now is you're, you're, you are stuck there, right? Uh, so how do you make that, that thing that you're doing, that you've chosen to do right now. So you ask yourself, you know, what do I need to be doing right now? And, or where am I right now that I, I need to be here, right? Um, off the top of my head, a, a good example is um, I'm at Kai's soccer game and I'm on the sidelines, but he's not playing, right? So I need to be here. And how do I actually enjoy that? How do I turn this into... Uh, because immediately I'm like, well, I'd rather be in New Zealand. <laughs> He's just sitting on the sidelines, you know, doing nothing. And, and I'm like, well, I'd rather be in New Zealand. I'd rather be on my bike ride. I'd rather be out running. I'd rather be podcasting. I'd rather be coaching. I'd rather be doing a lot of different things, right? But how do I make the, um, how do I make sitting there on the sidelines when my son's not playing, how do I make it a place that I would rather be? And, uh, so that's what I mean when I, when it's like, you kind of got to deal with the situation that you're stuck with right now. And it's like, well, how do I make this place? And you got to remember everything's relative too. So 
how do I make the place that I'm at uh, the best place? And on the relative note, the thing is like, you got to drive into work. Uh, there's traffic, so you're stuck in traffic, right? Well, you've chosen to go into work. Work is, uh, you know, there's no change in that. You're not, you can't be in New Zealand or Hawaii right now, so you're on your way to work. That's it. But um, because everything's relative, do you know how like sometimes you're like uh, one lane is better to be in than the other? <laughs> you're always trying to change lanes because the lane that you're in, there's some Yahoo in front of you that's driving too slow or whatever right? Well, it's all relative, right? So you want to be in the right lane and enjoying it. And actually we've talked about margins and some space before. So you can, you can enjoy being in the, you pick, okay, this lane over here is probably going to be the better lane. I got a turn coming up. So I'm going to go ahead and get in the right hand lane. That's the right lane to be in. That's a better lane than the left lane. So I'm going to go ahead and, and get in there and enjoy being in the right hand lane and doing one thing at a time. I'm going to enjoy driving the car and doing that. So I've also noticed that if you're doing tasks that require listening and thinking, that a way to enjoy it is to put it on music. Talked about this before. Focus at will. Focus in the at sign. Will. Focus at will. It's this awesome app that plays music with no words and it has all different kinds of music and my, uh, my favorite is Alpha Chill on Low Intensity is the channel. Alpha Chill, Low Intensity. And it just plays, it plays music with a relaxing beat to it. And I've noticed when I do that, I can actually read emails and I can uh, absorb what's coming at me and, work and think. And then if I'm doing something that is, um, and then I'm in, I'm in heaven right? But hell would be listening to a podcast or an audiobook uh, that's full, it's got information in it that I'm trying to digest mentally. And, and then at the same time, trying to read emails or read a website. It's so frustrating. You know, I can't absorb either because somebody on the podcast says something interesting and I'm listening to that. And then somebody, the email says something interesting and I'm like, ah, crap, what was that? And going back and forth and back and forth. So, if you're doing something like going for a walk, then listening to um, a podcast or an audiobook is really good stuff. And uh, that way it's not conflicting with your incoming channels. What's going on? So, All right. That has been Heaven and Hell. I challenge you to go out and try it. Ask yourself throughout the day, would I... Would I rather be somewhere else? Am I thinking about someplace else? It's any place, heaven is any place where you are not thinking about being somewhere else or thinking about another place, right? It's where you're thinking about what you're doing right now because it's that good and you enjoy it. And the sign that you wouldn't want to be there is you're thinking about other places you could be instead. And ask yourself several times, many times throughout the day, anything that you're doing, am I, uh, am I happy here? Am I, am I thinking about being someplace else? And then if you are, ask yourself, can I be anywhere else than I am right now? <laughs> and if not, then uh, go. If you can, then get out of there. But if you can't, then ask yourself, how do I turn this into 
actually enjoying being here. Uh, so I quit thinking about other places because you're not, you're not doing a good job if you're thinking about being somewhere else. And then I get engaged in, in, with what you're doing, however, like the tricks I mentioned, how you do it, and then notice how you, f you get this feeling of like happiness, right? And you can do this all day long, everything that you do, and it's really, really nice, and then you can create a version of heaven right here on earth for you all day long. Okay, let's take a break. Welcome to the next level. Alright, let's take a break for a minute and talk about Salt Stick. Saltstick.com slash Zentry is where you can get a discount on your own salt stick. So salt stick is electrolytes that is the same profile as what you sweat out. So if you sweat it out, that's what you actually put back in with salt stick. It's really cool. I love it that it's these capsules that you can either take whole and uh, you know you can do like uh, while you're riding along, they have this dispenser that you can twist out. That's the one you see all the time. I remember uh, seeing it on Craig Alexander's bike, multiple Ironman world champion. And you can just twist out these, these uh, capsules and then pop them as you need them. And then there's also uh, the capsule, because they are capsules, you can actually open them up and tap, 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 tap out the uh, salt, but it's not salt, it's electrolyte mix. Uh, as as, uh, as needed to make your own fuel. I love making my own fuel. I'll make a three hour water bottle, fuel bottle. You know, it's got maltodextrin and I can do maple syrup or honey and you know, just whatever I want in there. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I need to add some electrolyte in there. So I'll tap, tap, tap in a capsule or two or three of, of, of uh, salt stick. And I just really like it. When they approached us, I was like, yes, I will definitely work with you guys to be a sponsor. So you can get your own salt stick by going to saltstick.com and then forward slash Zentry. And that gets you in the door to get your discount. And while you're in there, make sure you check out these chewables. I love them, man. They're so cool. I keep them right next to my bike right now on the trainer. And uh, they're kind of a citrus lemon lime flavor. And you can uh, just pop one in your mouth and it breaks apart, crumbles apart. Uh, really nice like. All nice like. And yeah, that's a, that's a big shout out to a Salt Stick. And you go check them out. Um, we should also mention that there's been studies that show that, that athletes that use Salt Stick uh, finish races faster than their competition. And we want you to do the same. So go check it out, all right? Back to the show. All right, I am here with Kai Blankner of Von Blanc Racing. How's it going, sir? It's doing great. <laughs> and you just did the uh, sixth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade race at the uh, course near Troy, which is, was it Steiner Ranch, the private ranch? I think it's Steiner Ranch. And you, um, the course is about five miles long, right? And uh, the beginning was kind of mellow, and then the second half of it was uh, pretty, pr 
pretty uh, intense. So tell me about, um, you told me before we started uh, recording, this is what inspired me to record, was um, the race was kind of hard at first, kind of frustrating, and then at the start, and then you really liked it though. You finished, you had a, you had a big smile on your face. So what, uh, what was going, what was going through your mind, sir, during the uh, race? Well, thank you, um, Brett, for, uh, Brett, it's dad. Same thing (laughs) for interviewing me at this time. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your pro schedule or anything like that. You have any other press conferences after this you need to get to? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it started off pretty good. It was really smooth. Um, the trail was very narrow, mm-hmm. pretty compacted, compact, compact. Okay, whatever. And then about around loop two, the race part second half, mm-hmm. it started to get a little bit more technical. It was like it was like three segments, four segments. Yeah, segment, yeah. segment two. It started to get more technical with ups and downs and lots of roots. And then, um, um. So, but you're saying at the beginning it was frustrating. They yes. are, are they open? So, oh yeah, they are open. So then, uh, we're driving by the bike shop to get our bikes tuned up. So what made it frustrating at the beginning? I got a video of you right at the start, about one minute in, and you were being forced off the trail because of uh, a problem so what was going on there okay so when i started it was hard getting clipped in because i hit another person's handlebars on accident and then i got cut off onto the side of the um, trail that was very bumpy and tall grass and so i had to wait till there was a big till there was a biggish opening to get back in and then i was stuck behind some people yeah, so they do call-ups, right? Mm-hmm. Where if the better you do, then you get priority call-up to the front. That's your goal right now, right? Mm-hmm. So my goal in triathlon for the longest time was to get top 10 in my age group in anything, any kind of triathlon. And it took me a while. It took me a couple years, I think. And then finally I got there, right? And then you is to get the call-up, which is top 10, right? Which is neat because they say your name in front of everybody. They're like, Kai Blankner! Right? Yep, that's me. Um, did you ever did you ever crash? No. Mm-mm. Did oh, you? I almost crashed at the beginning because I hit someone else's handlebars. So what happened? Were they on your right side or on your left side? Left side. And then what? They just banged into you. Yeah. And it, so, how'd that knock your feet off your paddles? I don't get it. Well, it happened right when, it, like, it hit me right when I was about to get in. Oh, okay. And then I had trouble getting in. Okay. But you're on clipless pedals now. If you're on flat pedals, like I want you to be, hey, you're ruining that sticker, dude. If you want to stick that on anything, don't do that. It's fine. It's fine. God. All right. So if you're on flat pedals, like all the pros, all the badasses, like your dad, then you would, uh, you're giving me a look of disbelief right now. I am. Okay. Then uh, you wouldn't have had to clip in and you would have won the whole race. What do you say to that? No. (laughs) You get more power with clipless. Okay, so you're on clipless. You graduated from flat to clipless, right? So what are you using for your clipless pedals? Egg beaters. Yeah. 
but they're old. Yeah, they're so old. the cleats are worn out, mm-hmm. and you say they're not cleat clipping you in tight. Mm-hmm. They're really loose, and they come out sometimes. So we're at the bike shop right now. We're in the parking lot. We're gonna drop our bikes to get tuned up. Tuned up because oh man, we want input from people. Uh, tweet at us Zen Triathlon on Twitter. Um, when your bike starts taking two clicks to shift, right? Your bike and my bike are both doing that. And your rear brake is kind of soft. Mine is kind of too. It's not really as firm as it used to be. And uh, what was the other thing? Well, the weird thing is when you take the front wheel off and you put it back on, the brakes are way better. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. So people tell us what's going on. Let us know. Yeah. I have theories. What he said. But we'll let the bike Gestapo out there tell us the true facts. Gestapo. It's like the undercover police. All right. Well, I'm really proud of you today. Thank you. Did you hear me ringing my cowbell that I found? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very aggressively. Yeah. yeah that was fun. And what else we got going on? Hmm. Is that it? Mm. And it took a long time to do five miles. That oh, course yes. was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever run up any of the uh, hills? Hills? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because people were stopped on it mostly. Oh yeah, that sucks. Yep, 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 yep. The tiniest hills were the hardest. I don't know why. Okay. Do you know why? No. Listen, I got a question for you. Because we need to do the course review thing, right? You've got three courses under your belt. You got Reveille Ranch. Reveille Peak Ranch. Reveille Peak Ranch. You've got Bluff Creek Bike Ranch and Warda. That was fun. And then you've got this one, Troy. The one near Troy. Steiner Ranch, maybe? Near Troy? Um, which which has been your uh, favorite so far? Favorite? And why? Probably Troy. The one today? Yeah. That's your favorite? Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's like really smooth and you get to the turns are like perfect. Mm-hmm. And when you go down, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a jump, kind of. Yeah. And then, like, you hardly need to brake, and you can just go so fast. That's true. You don't really use the brakes that much for mm-hmm. lots of it. Yeah. Did you, the the wooden wall thing, you know, where you ride up on the side of it? Did I you did ever that. try that? No, because there was a person, like, riding really slow, then I passed her. Oh. So. Are you saying you passed her because it's a girl? No. You better not. You better not. You better respect. Dad, I think... No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> You're not going to say Okay, I'll just leave that alone. We'll just put, we'll put pin that. Simmer down now. Simmer down now? Simmer down, simmer down, simmer down, simmer down now. Quiet dog, no. bite hard. Um, I try, Oh, I tried the wall yesterday. My second time around on the course. I go, oh, I'm going to try the wall. I about died, dude. That thing threw me off the wall. Do you know the thing where it's like this? The yeah. bridge? The oh, bridge. yeah. The bridge is angled. I had to walk one of them. No. It too hard. No. I could not have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to throw me off. That's no. how someone caught me. 
So. Oh. It passed me though. I passed him back. Okay. Yeah. Good. We got that clear. Well, they never. Really was it a girl? Passed. No. Okay. How's the girlfriend situation Ooh. going? What? How's the girlfriend situation going? I don't have one. You had one though. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And you broke up with her. Yeah. Dad, don't not you're, do this. You're heartless, dude. Is it because she got in the way of your mountain bike career? Oh yeah. <laughs> Being a pro. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Listen. I want to tell you about me trying to ride that wall. Okay, do it already. I rode, I went up on it, and then I about fell, I about died. It threw me off the wall back down because I was not going fast enough. So my front end slammed back into the ground. Oh God, imagine doing gas pass like that at What's, Warda. Oh, at Warda? <laughs> that would have been so fun. Yeah. Remember that video we saw of the guy jumping up on the wall? No. Over everybody and then landing in front of them? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. That's that's how I that's how in my mind I felt like I was oh, I was yeah. like turns out I was not. I probably went up on it like three inches. <laughs> okay, let's go in and drop off our bikes to get uh worked on. Cool? Cool. Alright, out. Now. <laughs> now. Are you saying meow? No. Right meow. Alright, we have moved locations. I'm at Kai's triathlon practice. This podcast is turning more and more into how to try to be a good dad. I am at Kai's triathlon practice. They're off biking right now, and they'll be back here in the parking lot about 15 minutes from now, if I'm lucky. And they'll, uh, they cruise around on we're the hilliest part of town as part of their triathlon training. It's a really, really nice uh, setup for them to be working on. And I just got done listening to the slow home podcast actually i got two podcast updates for you slow home has a has an interview with the the australian new zealand manager of patagonia i love patagonia because it's a company you know they make like um jackets and backpacks and outdoor gear and they um they are so strong in the environmental aspect, and I'm huge into that. Uh, I've got a degree in geography, but my specialization during my bachelor's degree was in, in environmental science. I grew up as a backpacker and, you know, Boy Scout and Eagle Scout, so, and living in, uh, during the summers in the Smoky Mountains at times uh, with my grandparents. And uh, taking care of the planet is huge. So I'm a huge fan of Patagonia. And I'd really like to um, take Centri in a direction where um, we do a similar business model. So if you've got advice on that, any ideas, then uh, let me know. I'm very interested. My email is texafornia, T-E-X-A, texafornia at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Also, the Art of Charm podcast has a fantastic interview with Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. And he's, he's a lot older now, so he's looking back on how he did things and what he did right and what he did wrong. A little bit of military influence like I had as well. And not just a little bit, but off the charts. His dad was a drill instructor. And things he's, like I said, things he's done wrong and how he's improved on things and how he handles himself and how he parents and how he runs business. So I want you to go check those out when you can. And it's crossed my mind that maybe we should, uh, in Zentri, 
the uh, people I coach also take Zen advice from me. We sit down and talk about the Zen approach to not just um, not just training, but life, because it's your life that allows you to train and how to approach things. We've got people that have injuries, how to handle with those. You know, people that are getting older, how to handle do doing that. <laughs> You don't do it, it does you. And also uh, conflicts at work. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in branching out and maybe some Zen coaching and uh, applying these tactics to uh, improve your life. So let me know if you're interested in that as well. I'd probably start off um, 99 bucks a month, I think. And then I'd like to take some of that and invest it back into the environment. How, would, how about that? We could do the Patagonia model, that'd be kind of cool. I see a triathlete running behind me. It's one of Kai's teammates. And on that note, let's go ahead and read some emails. Got some cool stuff. Wait, I got to drink my coffee. I've got hemp powder in my coffee, and I add some stevia to it because hemp powder in coffee does not taste good. But stevia is a sweetener. I've been using it for uh, 15 years. <laughs> stevia or more. Now that I think about it, 17 years, uh, stevia is a sweetener that really kicks butt. So uh, no calories, nice and sweet, South America originally. And let's hop on over to our emails. Where did you go? There you are. All right. Let's see. First off, another thing. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to mention that in a future show. Let's see. We have... Oh, so... More like a product review. I'm really excited. Sunto is sending me the uh, wrist-based heart rate. It's got the green lasers on the back. Uh, uh, Spartan Ultra. When you see me take pictures of my watch, nine times out of ten, uh, it's a Sunto Spartan Ultra. Nice touch screen. It's a beautiful watch. And does all the triathlon stuff. Um, the rare case that I'm not wearing it is because it just happened to run out of, the thing's got crazy battery life on it. The thing just happened to run out of battery, so I'm throwing on my old Garmin. And, uh, but Sunto is sending me the wrist-based heart rate monitor one uh, that's coming out. And I'm really excited because uh, I've never done wrist-based before. And there's a rumor it might pick it up during swimming. And whenever I push off the wall swimming, my heart rate strap slides off. So I, uh, I'm really, really excited. And when I run, I don't really like running with a heart rate strap that much lately. And uh, the Zen thing is to always say lately. You could always change your mind, and that's okay. And uh, the other thing, oh, so look for that on future episodes and on Instagram and uh, on Twitter, Zen Triathlon, when I post my workouts. And let's see. Oh, Xtar Moon RC2 portable LED lamp. LED lamp, so that's a um, oh, that's the light I've been running at night with, and it clips to your waist, and it is by far my favorite. It's water resistant, sweat and water resistant. Uh, you can run with it because it's down low. It projects and uh, a shadow, so you won't trip over stuff, and it's super simple. Um, man, just all self-contained. It's really cool, and it is called the Xtar. Letter X T A R, Moon M O O N X Tar Moon R C two. So go check that out. I give that the big, big mega thumbs up. 
Okay, now let's get to the emails. Let's see what Danny Peters has to say. He said, uh, I've only recently decided to sign up for my first try. Uh, Olympic distance. Okay. Um, might want to do a sprint first, uh, but that's, that's up to you. Um, just kind of depends on your situation and where you are and what's available. Uh, I've included your podcast as one of my learning, training, encouragements. Your general approach to life is also something that I take away a lot from. As a father of young kids, I'm also keen to apply this to, to their upbringing. Okay, I'm going to interlude, interject here. Man, I was thinking about earlier today, like young kids, uh, Kai's mountain bike team, the cool thing about that is uh, I can mountain bike while they're mountain biking, right? And that's what you got to do. There's some other parents, most of the other, no, not most, not mountain biking. At this triathlon practice, all the other parents are just kind of sitting around. I'm the only one that actually goes out and rides with them and stuff. And, oh wait, I think they might be done. They're coming this way. But the um, uh, mountain bike team, uh, when they practice, the dads practice with them. They go out and ride too. So you want to be one of those parents. Sounds like Danny's on his way. Okay, at 39 years, while I'm a fairly active person, I'm finding endurance that is hardest to build up. Get a dime, dude. It's cool. It's cool. That ability to maintain a certain power level over a prolonged period of time. I'd love to know if you have any tips working on this specifically. I'm not new to high intensity intervals. Hit. He said sit. Hit. Uh, comma and understand its benefits for power strength but really long rides and runs feel like a different ball game okay this is what you do let's say um a long bike ride to you is it's got to be I mean, it's a long bike ride for pretty much everybody it's three hours all right three hour bike ride you just go do it as slow as you can because it's already going to be really hard <laughs> <laughs> and then you look on your heart rate graph and your speed graph if you have a power meter your power meter graph at where you start to fail right at just going easy and where you feel like you're bonking and stuff now that's your pain point and that's where you need to fix yourself first that's your weakest link in the chain why am i not able to go for a three-hour bike ride at an easy pace where you're doing two things most likely is you're going too hard three well one point that's one point a one point b is you're going too hard uphill um that's the one thing you see all the time you got to hold back when you're going uphill when you're going long and um the other one is you're not eating and drinking enough you need let's say 200 to 300 calories per hour for the long stuff. And if you're doing Gatorade, that's simple sugars, that's gonna make you sick to your stomach. So you want maltodextrin-based stuff instead because that's starch and will not make you sick to your stomach. So you can buy maltodextrin in bulk. Just work on 200 calories at first, maybe 250. Uh, ride as easy as you can three hours and get to where you can finish three hours um, and this applies to running to all this stuff get to where you can finish the long stuff at an easy pace Really easy without being exhausted at the end then start speeding it up and there's a million things beyond that um, But that's 
that's kind of what you do. Another trick you hear is, you know, for a three-hour ride, um, go out an hour and a half. So you have to come an hour and a half back. <laughs> Pay attention to the wind, by the way. And, okay, I throw but really long rides and feel like okay well that's the best i can give you uh, in a short answer on the podcast danny but uh slow down and especially when you're going uphill you cook yourself going uphill too hard and you wouldn't believe how much easier you need to go uphill than probably what you're doing um, i'm sitting in the parking lot right now where they're going to start a bike ride it's kind of a race ride uh this weekend 100 miles and it's hilly at first and it's so funny i got first place last year and it's so funny because the people that I beat um, were crushing me. They were passing me going uphill at the beginning of this thing, the first 20 miles. Uphill, just smoking me. And then uh, I'd go up so much slower uphill. And then I'd turn, we'd crest the hill and I'd come down. And I'd, first couple hills, they gained on me, you know, by the third, fourth hill. <laughs> they'd already cooked themselves and we got another you know uh 80 90 miles to go and just pedaling along you know so it takes restraint okay meredith brooks hi brett exclamation point uh i'm a big fan of the show have been a faithful listener since 2006 exclamation point looking forward to the hornet juice arriving as i enter into the last stretch of training for ironman texas as a side note i had a chance to meet you emily and kai and emily's dad in 2012 at the tyler rose marathon what a great course exclamation point tyler is such a beautiful but hilly exclamation point town i'm from monroe louisiana and every time i saw emily's dad on the course he would yell go monroe <laughs> Emily's dad's awesome. Uh, best of luck with your training and recovery. Hope to listen to an Uberman race report this fall. Exclamation point. Thanks again, Meredith. Let's see. Ironman Texas. I'll give people a little bit of Zen coaching right here. The um, On Slow Twitch, there was a thread that said, Official Ironman Texas 2017 thread. Exclamation or, uh question mark at the end of it there was a question mark at the end of it and it had like six posts on it and i wrote well it might not be if you leave this with a with a question mark at the end of it be firm in what you're saying you know believe in yourself and uh it's the people that believe in themselves that that uh, get traction okay john meisner sending a donation brett thanks for continuing to produce such an engaging and it's, oh crap i just clicked on it and it went away <laughs> This is how you know this podcast is for real. Uh, there it is. Thanks for continuing to produce such an engaging and informative podcast. John Meisner, pronounced Meisner. Got it. Uh, Twitter, at John Meisner AZ, like Arizona. J-O-H-N-M-I-S-N-E-R-A-Z. Instagram, John M underscore AZ. Next races, Oceanside, 70.3. Ooh. Uh, fifth time and just aged into male 60 to 64 triple freaking exclamation points way to go man i got a friend that's 72 and he's so excited about doing ironmans for his like 30th year <laughs> i can barely i can barely contain myself being his friend he's crazy another sip of the coffee here yeah. 
Mm. September, he's going to do Iron Man, Wisconsin. How about that? Okay, James Medlock sent in a donation. It's not much, but I'll try to keep some coming. Really enjoy the podcast. Three exclamation points. And then in all caps, he wrote three exclamation points with an exclamation point at the end of that. <laughs> all right. And now we're uh, to our uh, less ex less uh, exclamation pointy um Donors, I see got Joseph Rogalski, M. Webb, Spiros Fetsis, Tyler Moyer, Joseph Diber or Deber, either way works for me. Dwayne Morin, Jonathan Woodman, James Vaughn Hippel, uh, Houston Marsh. What's up, dude? Uh, Michael Redogna, and Brett Hoyer with the coolest first name in triathlon. Uh, oh, I emailed back Meredith Brooks and said, "What's up?" And uh, she said. Uh, she's been listening all the way back to 2006. Grew up in Houston. Oh my gosh, this is a long email. I forgot about this. Uh, grew up in Houston, Clear Lake, actually, dash, which is right in the middle between downtown Houston and Galveston. Dude, I know. I've been there. And my parents have a sailboat down there. Um, my husband and I moved to Kentucky in 2006 for him to attend grad school. And I was just getting into distance running and triathlon when I came across your podcast. Only two podcasts I listened to at that point were Adam Curry and Don and Drew. Ha! <laughs> That's awesome. So it was great to find a podcast that I could relate to. Exclamation point. By the way, that's why I made it is because all the podcasts were like those and there weren't any good endurance ones. And let's see, I was incredibly homesick for the first few years, but listening to you train and race in College Station, Tyler Kingwood and Galveston, Port Aransas made me glad that I had left. No, wait. <laughs> made me, that's not what I said. Made me feel like I was back in Texas. This is what I was talking about either in this show earlier or later in the training log. Or on a previous show, community. Community makes wherever you are okay. Find people that are into what you're doing, and all of a sudden it doesn't matter where you are. And that's what we can do with podcasts. Podcasts. The reason I started listening to podcasts is I was in uh, living at College Station, and I just left uh, San Diego with all this tech and coolness, and now I'm stuck in some little farm town out in the middle of nowhere, and I've got no tech. No tech. And man, podcasts were full of tech, and I just loved it. It was so great. Um, and I could listen to, I could be caught up with what's going on in technology uh, no matter where I was. It was awesome. And triathlon. Uh, my favorite show moments are always audio you record around races. It's awesome that you are now podcasting. Kai's races, exclamation point. It's fun to hear what you eat, how you prep, your post-race thoughts, etc. Keep up the great work with the training, coaching, and podcasting. It is much appreciated, exclamation point. Well, Meredith, I can tell you actually put a lot of work into that email, and I really appreciate it. That we have such a longtime fan that understands me. <laughs> it understands the craziness of this show. This show is about nothing. Nothing. Just like that. Except doing triathlon and endurance there is no point the point will reveal itself as you do it uh simon wright oh i misspelled that sorry he can't tell though Shh, don't tell him uh karen jackson daniel clemens justice phillips hun chu john mulan uh katie joe favia james godek and peter salzen all right if you want to be one of these cool people that gets their their name mentioned on the show uh, between sips of coffee and hemp powder, which has no TAC in it, unfortunately. Mm. 
I'm getting a phone call. I'm not going to answer that right now. I'm busy recording. Wait, here, you can listen to a phone call between me and Emily. Here we go. Yes, dear. What's going on? I'm recording a podcast right now. I can't answer the phone. They're not here. They're, well, I mean, they're here, but they're just not here. Here. I'm just waiting for them to show up. Yeah, Whataburger's fun. That's a, yes. You got, you got it, baby. Okay, love you too. All right. Yes? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll make sure. All right. Love you. Bye. Dinner arrangements. Okay. Let's see. Where'd I leave off? Oh. You can go to zentrathlon.com and go on the left-hand side. Let's have a squirrel moment and go back to it. That's what this show is about. That phone call right there. It's about trying to be a triathlete and a parent or a kid or being in school or whatever because triathlon takes so much time but it's so fulfilling but it takes so much time that trying to balance it all and when you learn trying to balance it all you can't balance it all it's all too much so that reveals your the cracks in your armor it reveals your real personality and under stress and through that you can find out things you need to work on and how to be a better person you know there was something I heard today or yesterday about um, boys need about three hours of exercise a day. And exercise can just be walking around, but they need to be moving like three hours a day to be happy so they're not depressed. Uh, girls need supposedly less. They never said how much less, but boys are the worst, so that's what they said. Uh, that's why they mentioned the boys. Three hours of exercise a day to be happy and not be depressed. So what about you? How much do you think you need? I know I need about three hours. I'm way better if I do three hours. Dude, if I do three hours of training in a day, I'm, oh man, I'm in, I'm in heaven. And that, it doesn't have to be hard. It's just easy. Um, so done with the scroll moment. We go back to, go to zentrathlon.com. I'm going to go there, right? I'm going to type it in so you can see what it sounds like. It, you won't die. Z-E-N-T-R-I-A-T-H. Oh, crap. I missed it. L-O-N.com. And on the left-hand side, first thing you see is subscribe with iTunes, USAT certified. I'm just playing up certified. Oh, here comes a cyclist. Here comes one of Kai's coaches. Man, he looks legit. And let's see. Oh, yeah, you can um, do donations. There's a little PayPal button looking links on the left side. You can do one-time donation or multiple donations, and recurring, I mean. Um, really cool. Both ways, you get my email. And on the right-hand side, you can order Hornet Juice, which is an amino acid powder. I use it all the time for longer workouts. Short stuff, too, sometimes, because it tastes kind of cool. Um, it's amino acid that enables your fat burning to be turned up to uh, diesel bulldozer level. So you can just go and go and go and go. And it's really kick butt, man. You love this stuff. I get emails all the time from people trying it out and coming back for more. And they can't believe it, how well it works. It is not for use in the bedroom. You can use it in the bedroom, but that's not what it's for unless you have a 
major deposit on the veteran because we do not need endurance athletes taking extra endurance fuel and then going into the bedroom and destroying all the furniture. And I'll just leave it at that. And I think that's it. All right. Let's get on to the rest of the show. I need to wrap this up because I need to go into dad mode. I need to leave podcaster mode and go into dad mode and uh, go help out with Kai's team. So let's go ahead and get started with the training log. Take it with me while I go out and do stuff. All right, here we go. You are entering the Zenfrite training log zone. Funelli. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a trash. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! I'm going to do sit-ups till I poop myself. All right, welcome to a new Zentri training log. It's Thursday. Is it Thursday? Thursday, March, maybe the 8th. And I just passed... uh, the drop-off point for Kai's school. So, a tip for parents that want to make their kids badass. <laughs> Aqua Teen Hunger Force, badass, is um, you try to get them to bike to school. And the uh, way we've got Kai biking to school, we do have a dangerous intersection um, that he could probably get through, but right now it's just on the border of being a little bit sketchy. But then past that, it's fine. So I drive him past that intersection, then pull over on the side of the road, and then kick his butt out of the car. And we have fun with it. He pretends he's like a paratrooper jumping out of an airplane. You know how they go, 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 go. And then also, um, usually that's what we do. And today he goes, transition, (laughs) like triathlon. And he jumped uh, out of the car. And I got his bike off the car. And then he hopped on it, uh, put on his, he put on his helmet and his backpack and they're both, thank God, this is the trend right now, this hot yellow, neon yellow. And, uh, he put those on and then took off running, uh, took off on the bike the rest of the way, about two miles to, um, to school. Um, I am drinking a coffee out of a, uh, cycling water bottle in the car and I put hemp powder in it because hemp powder will sink to the bottom but if it's if it's in a cycling water bottle I can stir it then take a sip ah very good speaking of that I had a kick butt bike ride I'm still doing the keto the keto diet it's not high fat low carb it's like high fat almost no carb because if you do high fat low carb apparently you're just miserable all the time and when I finally saw a video on YouTube where a guy said that, I was like, because if you go back and forth, going into ketosis and then coming back out sucks. Well, going into it, well, I guess it sucks both ways because yesterday I ate a little bit too many carbs at lunch and I forgot what I had, but it put me to sleep in about 10 minutes. I was so sleepy and it knocked me out. It was almost comical. And, uh, but anyway, I had a bike ride from hell like in a good way this morning it was kick-ass and on Strava posted pictures on Instagram uh, Zen triathlon on Instagram I uh, earned the Tron bike there's a bike that's uh, if you ride enough in uh, not Strava Zwift then you you can 
unlock bikes and I got the bike with the wheels that glow like Tron <laughs> it's really cool um, and then you can do a slider and do a rainbow of colors and I picked the, the blue I like the blue and I posted some pictures of that rode up the volcano and my numbers uh, wattage and heart rate were just out of this world like good and um, on top of all that last night had a um, had a good run. I woke up this morning and my right heel with the plantar fasciitis hurt just the tiniest bit and then went away pretty quick. So I'm like, I've been wearing it. It was My plantar fasciitis was really bad on the left foot, way worse than the right. Um, so for months, I've been wearing the boot most of the time on the left side and it seems like that worked and it's pretty much healed up. And the right side is... Um, Making sure I got a lymph node that feels big. Am I dying? <laughs> oh, flowchart, WebMD, all paths lead to cancer. And uh, what was I talking about? Um, oh, running. And dude, I am running now pretty much every day and running between four and six. One time I did six and a half miles and felt fine. And what I figured out is oh, running is so soothing and therapeutic and it relieves, um, I just feel like so de-stressed. And what I figured out is I just got to jog. I cannot run, I have to actually jog. And that's as hard as I can go. Here's another sip of the hemp powder in my coffee. It's not that bad, it's not good, but it ain't bad. And the, um, if I just jog, it ends up being like 10 and a half, starting off like 11 minute mile and then 10, 10 and a half. Um, Strava, when you post your stuff, you can link Sunto to your Strava and then Strava does, uh, oh, it does gap. And it, that means, um, grade adjusted performance. I don't know. But it does, um, it'll tell you if you were running on flat ground, how fast you were running. And that's nice, right? Because then I'm like, oh, okay, well, if I was running on flat ground, then it goes, oh, you're running just under a 10. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And so if I jog, then I can run pretty much every day some. And oh, it's so, so nice. And speaking of that, I don't have it on me, but I'm going to do an official review of this thing. I've got this uh, new light. Uh, that I'm using to run in the dark. And I've only run with it once, but wow, it is so much better. What I noticed during the Rocky Raccoon is you can, um, if your light is down low, you run at trail running, then it casts a shadow. If you're wearing a headlamp, you get no shadows, and then it's easy to trip and fall. And um, if, you wear this, if you wear a light like down by your waist, then it casts a shadow, and then you can see stuff and not fall down. And then, um, though there's this light that you can, you can wear and it clips to your waist and it does like a, it's got the surface of it, it's white and it's got five LEDs and it does different levels and all that crap. But then it's got, um, the surface is, um, uh, roughed a little bit, a matte finish. So it spreads the light real wide 
And so it's like a little bit of a floodlight and it's just soothing. And then I have a blinky red light on behind me and I just felt like I could run with so much less stress because I'm not worried about a car coming up behind me and not seeing me. I'm not worried about tripping and falling and breaking my stupid arm again. And I'm also, uh, um, if a car comes up you know, ahead of me, they, uh, they can see me. So I'm gonna, I need to do a review. I'll probably do it at the front of the show of uh, a review of this light. All right, I'm at W to the ERK. Made it just in time. So I'll talk to you guys later out, bang. All right, we need to mention you can. You can is a super starch. This is really cool stuff. It's a super slow acting carbohydrate, almost to the point of your body doesn't know what it's doing. It's like we're getting energy from somewhere else is happening. And it's really great for swimming. You want to go swim for an hour and not be needing to, uh, you know, take sips from a bottle on the side. You know, your coach hits you over the head with a kickboard like my coach used to do. Quit jacking around. Get back in the water. Quit being lazy at the wall. Keep on swimming. And you can do this, especially in races, right? You're going to do an Ironman. You're going to be in the water for an hour. You're doing a half Ironman. You're going to be in the water for half an hour plus. You're, uh, you're going to be going and going and going. You don't have a chance to, to drink or, or uh, refuel out there. You can't drink out of a bottle while you're swimming. Well, you kind of can with you can because you can is a very, very slow drip carbohydrate. And so it slowly releases into your system. So you can kind of preload with this stuff before you're going to do something long. It also kind of saves uh, your teeth from all that sugar, right? Because you can power this stuff down. It's actually pretty easy to drink. And then you have energy for like an hour, hour and a half from this stuff. This is really cool. So it comes in different flavors. You have chocolate. Um, you have some stuff with some protein added in if you want that. And uh, some electrolytes added in if you want that. And they also have uh, orange, tropical punch, and all this different stuff. All this different stuff. And so what I do is I get up in the morning. I drink... Uh, I have a little bit, little bit of breakfast, a little tiny little bit of breakfast, some coffee, and then uh, right before I leave to go to the pool, I drink a bottle of Ucan uh, pretty quickly, and then uh, by the time I get to the pool, you got your energy, you feel nice and good, that slow release, and it just works, man. It's really amazing, and it's actually helped me break the habit of needing uh, sugar by the side of the pool. I think I've pretty much turned around, pretty positive. I've turned around my uh, needs for uh, sugar by using UCAN. I've become much less sugar dependent and way more uh, fat enhanced metabolism going on. And I did it through using UCAN. Uh, the latest thing that I've done with it is um, two, well, one time I did it uh, half the swim, but my latest was I did a full swim nonstop butterfly for one hour after drinking UCAN. 3,150 yards, nonstop, all butterfly, drinking you can the, uh, before I got to the pool. Chocolate f flavored was what I did. And I just swam uh, easy, smooth, and did the whole thing. It's all, I posted the workout. You can go check it out. <laughs> it was crazy. And I plan on doing it more because it was actually fun. It actually wasn't even all that hard. I just kept it easy. And you can do the same kind of stuff, a long, continuous workout, hour, hour and a half, without needing the fuel by pre-fueling with UCAN. Check it out. You go to 
you can uh, webs you can's website and they have uh, the opportunity for you to put in a discount code. If you use discount code Zentri Z E N T R I all caps, you can get it fifteen percent off. How about that? That's pretty cool. And then they turn around and send a little bit this way to Zentri itself. And man, if that's not a good advertisement for these guys, this stuff works. It's awesome. I love it. You can get a discount. You can support Zentri. Get on it. Get on it. Break all that sugar. Break that habit, man. Get on something that's a little bit better for you with some you can. All right, let's get back to the episode. Here we go. All right, I am back. Have a little uh, a keto diet update. Wait, first disclaimer. I do not recommend keto diet for, uh, for anybody. It's uh, way too experimental and I'm learning. I'm still learning. So uh, always just take this as, oh, that's interesting. You don't have to uh, believe me or get inspired to do it too. But I've had, uh, I'm trying to document observations of things that happen of uh, what's different. And something just happened, so I thought I'd record it. So I um, went to Freebirds, which is my local burrito place, and uh, they also do salad. So I went to go pick up my salad. And um, I'm also um, going home for lunch, so I swing by Freebirds, get order a salad real quick, and then go by go by my house, sit there for a minute, meditate, and also uh, let the dogs out because our backyard sucks right now, and the dogs like to dig out, so they're staying inside, and I go let them out at lunch. Because the poor little babies can't be in, you know, left inside. Because if they're left inside, then they'll tear up stuff. So one of the dog, one of the dogs for sure has to stay in a kennel, and then that's horrible to do that for eight hours. So I go home at lunch and then let the dogs out. Oh my god. Anyway, um, as I get more and more into doing this diet thing, this keto lifestyle. Why do they call it a diet? You're not dying. They should call it a live it. They, um, one thing I noticed is being able to go longer without eating. And, um, but it's not, it's not longer without eating because what's the point of that? I mean, that's dumb. It's when things pop up where it's inconvenient to eat and I need to do something else. And I'll give you an example here in a second. Then, not eating uh, and putting off eating doesn't um, drive me crazy and I don't have to engineer my life around eating. Ah, sip of Diet Coke. I still drink Diet Coke every once in a while. Um, oh, here comes an ambulance. Might have to pull over. We'll see. I'm on a different street. And the... Uh, no, they, they, they went a different way. So not eating. Uh, so I went by Freebirds and got my, I got my salad. Now, before the keto diet and while doing high carb, Ironman, triathlon, whatever, I would have not been able to grab that salad to go and then continue on to my house. I would have had and then eat it 15 minutes later. I would have gone crazy and needed to eat it uh, right then and there. And I, not only, it wouldn't have been a salad, it would have been a burrito. And that is different. That is majorly, majorly different. And then on top of that, I haven't had anything to eat since I got to work 
at eight in the morning. I, I didn't need to snack and snack and snack. Um, I was hungry and I was like, but it wasn't like ruling my world. There's these baby cows following this little girl pulling a wagon <laughs> off to the side. That's funny. And, uh, that, that is definitely weird and, uh, or definitely different. I mean, that's the way it should be. I'm, I'm a little bit hungry, but it's not killing me. And then when I think about it, check this out. I got up this morning. I had some, uh, full, full fat creamer, whatever it's called in my coffee, had some MCT oil and then had a little bit of butter in my coffee. I'm trying to think what else I had. Anyway, it was mostly fat. I'm just, I can't really remember. Mostly fat. And then I did my bike ride and I had a stomping good result bike ride. And during the bike ride, I had a hundred calories of uh, maltodextrin and maple syrup. And then when the bike ride was over, I, um, I made a coffee and put some hemp powder in my coffee and then drank it. And then, um, before I left the house, I scrambled some eggs. And then right when I got to work, I did have uh, some couple of scrambled eggs, uh, with some guacamole and, um, I had something else in it, guacamole. Oh, just a little bit of salsa. Trying to keep the carbs down to almost none, right? Now, if I was doing regular old carb bread, I would have had cereal before my workout. I would have had something medium to high carby after my workout. And then I would have been snacking and hungry um, all morning. And then when I got to Freebirds, I would have had to eat it right there. And so basically, I've had two eggs and some guacamole and, and uh, hemp powder and, and uh, after my workout and some fat before my workout and then nothing for a long time. And the workout was incredible. My, my run last night was great. I loved it. And then um, this morning, I was in an incredible mood. And I feel just like, like really good. And now I'm driving to my house and my salad is over here and it's got sour cream and guacamole on it. It's got refried beans, which has fat in it and, um, no rice. And i I feel fine. I'm just a tiny, I'm just a tiniest bit hungry and I'm going to be excited. I'm going to power through the salad. I'm going to love it, but it is just totally different and then all morning um, I've only peed a few times at most and that because I drank a lot and it is just completely completely different and I just really don't know <laughs> what to make of it there were some moments this morning um, where I had I my brain just felt on fire like with clarity and purpose and um uh, I'm trying to think of the word focus. Anyway, it sounds funny trying to say all that and then trying to search for the word. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go into the house and, uh, eat my salad and let the dogs out and, uh, come back to y'all in a bit. I just want to give that, that keto diet update that basically, um, another time where I've 
had um, I've put off eating because it was inconvenient. Instead of eating ruling my life, um, I'm actually able to run my life a little bit more conveniently around uh, when I can eat. It's definitely, definitely different. All right, that's it, Al Bing. All right, all right, all right. I'm back driving home for lunch. <laughs> oh, we're in the process of looking for another new house on a full acre so we get some trees and green. Our house, uh, we built it, and then all of a sudden we got a major thoroughfare, not a major, but a loud street uh, right behind us opened up, which sucks. It's very stressful. Don't like it. But anyway, I uh, was doing some fun stuff in the swimming in the swimming pools this morning. Uh, been doing. Uh, everybody knows. I've been talking about it forever. I tend to tend to swim an hour nonstop, and I set a timer, a uh, repeating timer. And over the past uh, couple months, I've worked down from a 127 pace per uh, 100 yards down to a 123, uh, which is the 123 area is really um, new territory for me. So, you know, getting from 127 down to 125, um, I can do that. Uh, not not too, you know, I've been there before, so that's not a surprise, but getting down into the 123s on a regular basis is like, whoa. And I kind of figured out what's going on is because uh, I can I can look on the Sunto website and see my pace and then see where it starts to fall apart and I'm good for the first uh, 40 minutes and I actually get a little bit ahead of pace I'm doing like a 122 and I get about 25 to almost uh, almost 50 yards ahead of uh, a schedule and then around 40 minutes in I start fading and uh, my big problem is oxygen. I think six foot three and 180 something pounds, I need a lot of air. <laughs> and I just can't get that much air in. Um, you know, my body just goes, bah. and anyway, I uh, I can see my, my uh, pace is falling apart. So the last 20 minutes is, uh, is working pretty hard, but I can't work too hard because I'm already a little bit tired and I'm running out of air and um, I've got 20 minutes to go, you know, so I can't go um, really, really hard. So that ends up being sweet spot training and 20 minutes of sweet spot training. Sweet spots where you get really good return uh, on your effort. Uh, some people train almost exclusively their hard stuff in sweet spot. It's not too hard. It's not too easy. It's just right. And uh, 20 minutes sweet spot improves you and guess what that's what it's doing so that's a uh, my little claim to fame for my um my one hour swims about how they work because the first 40 minutes is pretty much just 30 to 40 minutes pretty much uh just warm up and then and then it hits and but anyway i'm, I'm really excited about about that kind of thing let's see i got a note from somebody one that um, he's got the Apple EarPods. God, oh, I can't. I'm sorry, man. Well, let me look it up on Twitter. Y'all, y'all, uh, stay with me because it was on Twitter. And let me see if I can get over there. I'm clicking on my phone. Sorry about that. And we are going over to. I use Hootsuite 
as my uh, Twitter thing. And he said he's down in Australia, so Queensland, Australia, Northern Australia, and it's been summer down there, and he's using the iPhone AirPods, you know, the wireless earphones that Apple just came out with. And I'm almost there. And um, they are very much... Uh, water resistant stay in his ears if you wear your helmet straps the right the right way they won't blow out of your ears while you ride your bike and he is flame rock f-l-a-m-e-r-o-c-k on twitter what's up dude and then who was it oh so much appreciated man that's exactly why i do podcasts is to get stuff out there and then for us all to pitch in and help each other out um, with ideas and solutions. And speaking of that, uh, I tweeted that I was on um, Zwift, which is the video game, for th- almost three and a half hours on Sunday morning, biking. And um, and I tweeted at Zwift too. It's Go Zwift. And, um, but to ride that long, I switched my, uh, you don't have a choice on worlds. It's either this beautiful, crazy island with all kinds of stuff and, uh, that can make time actually fly by pretty good. Or this course in Richmond, Virginia, or this course in London, the Richmond and London are actually kind of short, way shorter in comparison and uh, way less interesting, um, in my opinion, than the, than Watopia, like Watts, bike Watts, um, that uh, is the fantasy, fantasy island. Welcome to Fantasy Island. Zip plane! And um, you can only ride them on certain dates, so if you change the clock on your computer and then log in the Zwift, it'll, um, it'll give you the... Uh, <laughs> It'll give you the island, uh, even though it's not supposed to, because it thinks you're on a different date. I think y'all know what I mean. Anyway, it's a way to hack into um, get the get the course that you want. And then somebody tweeted at me, and I got your name right here, that you don't even need to do that. That you can go to a file in your computer and add a tag called world, and then um, add a one, two, or three for the different worlds and you can get the world you want always you can always get Watopia and I'm super stoked about that thank you man and it was Pat Harms H-A-R-M-S Pat underscore Harms so big props to you Pat for that a lot of people will appreciate that I retweeted it and he said he actually doesn't like the London course and he's going to uh, do it on his own computer which was uh, really cool. All right, I need to eat. <laughs> I'm hungry, man. I'll talk to y'all later. Oh, man, I've got a uh, new run course. If I run on really flat ground, it seems like I can run without it making my feet worse. In fact, it makes my feet a little bit better every day. Um, and then I'm happy because I can run. I think I talked about that already. But um, there's this one run course around my house. <laughs> I was running it last night going, man, maybe I don't want to move. This is pretty nice. Flat sidewalk. Um, because camber in the road kind of messes with my feet. And then um, lit with street lights. And 
then I don't have to run with a, a run light and uh, a blinky light on my back because it's uh, I'm in a neighborhood with street lights, and you just don't need you don't need running lights with that. And um, I've got two dogs, and they both love to run, so I can run about half an hour with one dog, drop that dog off at my house, and then run another half an hour and. Uh, after I've picked up the other dog. It's really funny. I've been doing this forever. We've almost always had two dogs. And um, people will see me running with one dog, and then a little while later, they see me running with another dog. <laughs> like, within the same hour. And they're, like, within the same few minutes sometimes. And uh, I've had neighbors that I know stop me and go, weren't you just with a Dalmatian? <laughs> and now you're, now you've got a greyhound and i remember going oh yeah i i dropped one off and, and picked the other one up and they go they can't run long enough to uh run with you the whole time and um well it depends it depends on the dog breed um greyhounds don't like to run a long distance they like to run short really fast and like crazy fast um but they don't like to run really far and um then the dog's size and fur coat can make it overheat so Kona is a big black lab, and he can overheat um, way easier than the little yellow uh, Zoe Kerr mix that we've got, for example. So it all kind of depends. And uh, so three miles is pretty good. If I run almost every day, then they're getting in some good mileage. All right, that's it. Now I need to eat out Bing. All right, all right, all right. Man, I had a breakthrough swim this morning that I want to share with y'all. Tell you what I did so that you can do the exact same thing. I was telling somebody in the locker room, <laughs> swim is all about drag. It's all about body position. And so if we can figure this out, when one of us figures something out, cool, that's cool. Share it so we can all get faster and enjoy swimming a hell of a lot more. Okay, I uh, was watching Jordan Rapp, who's a big name pro uh, and I had an exchange on uh, slow twitch forums yesterday and I wrote something back and then I deleted it because I'm like I don't want to get into a back and forth because that'll suck up time during my day and I was about to write how I wrote about how I was trying to uh, improve my time over um, by emulating uh, Sun Yang and Sun Yang, I talk about it every once on the podcast, has this incredible swim form that's almost mystical, mysterious. It looks so different than uh, most people. And he's taking fewer strokes, but he's going faster than everybody else. So he's doing something different. And uh, since his turnover isn't as fast, isn't faster, then it looks slow, it looks easier. So why uh, this is something that we should be trying to figure out because if it's easier, if it looks easier than what everybody else is doing, then um, it's probably attainable by most of us or all of us since it's not some crazy thing that you have to have crazy VO2 max or something like that to do it. Anyway, um, and I try it off, on and off, off and on for years uh, trying to figure out what it, what, what it is and I finally... Um, nailed down at least a, a big portion of it that made a big difference. Um, he swims with his, I was about to say from his waist up, but it's probably, it's, it's definitely from his knees up, uh, with his torso and butt, um, underwater. 
and then when he's not underwater, then the back of his head, his shoulders are hardly, I spend, spend much less time breaking the water surface. And when you break the water surface, it creates a back turbulence, creates a little bit of a suction effect that holds you back, slows you down. Uh, so how does he do that and still, um, how does he do that and still swim? <laughs> how does he keep his, his most two thirds of his, of his body, uh, underwater, uh, without, um, you know, having problems. And there's a video of him that's just repeating. It's a loop and it's got him in five different camera angles or six or something like that. And it's just looping every few seconds. And the video itself is probably a few minutes long, but it's a few minutes long of a three second, 10 second loop or something like that. And what I realized is that he's doing is his torso and his head are underwater. He's arching his back a little bit. So his butt is actually up close to the waterline. And because he arches his back, he's able to get uh, his head and shoulders and arm entry parallel with the water. So basically his, his, uh, his butt and the back of his legs are parallel to the water and really close to the surface. And then he arches his back at the waist. Um, and that, that angle goes down six inches right? And, but then that arch and his back curves back flat again. Well, it curves so that from his belly button, uh, forward, his belly button to the tip of his head, it's flat again with the water. So it's, if you're going from the uh, feet forward, his feet and butt are flat with the water, like one inch below the water. And then at the butt, to his belly button that's angled down uh, I don't know 30 degree angle something like that and then belly button to tip of his head is parallel to the surface of the water at um, like 6 inches below the water let's say I'm, it's probably 3 inches I don't know but it doesn't matter it's far enough under where now everything from his butt up is not uh, breaking uh, the surface tension of the water. So the surface, the water's flowing smoothly over him. Okay, and now that everything's flowing smoothly under him, he, he, takes, a, he takes a breath, and then he throws his arm over, and then uh, enters his arm with a throwing motion, and then when that enters the water, it goes, it goes deep and then forward parallel with the water surface, and it's a... Uh, so that's, that's not creating any drag. And when he takes a breath, he wrote, he rotates on his side and he spends, when you watch this video loop, he spends a significant amount of time. Um, he spends a majority of his time, let's put it that way, 75% of his time with his torso underwater, uh, 25% of his time with his uh, his head 
maybe breaking the surface and his shoulder and arm breaking the surface to get air. Who messaged me? And then back right back under again, right? Then when you look at it in comparison to the competition, they spend 75% of their time with their body breaking the surface and 25% of their time underwater. So I was like, but where, you know, where is he getting the torso? And I finally figured out that it's at that butt to a belly button and a, a arch of the back right there. And then that gets your torso underwater, but then flat again. And so I tried it this morning and I have my watch timer set to one um, twenty-three, and I was gliding along and I was beating my uh, time. I was in the 122s and I was like, uh, holy crap. And I kind of experimented around a little bit and kind of lost some time here and gained some time there and uh, was just kind of messing around. I tried to swim more, uh, more even and controlled and that actually slowed me down. So I went back to kind of the arm throw and a, with a pump and a glide after that and that sped me back up. And I couldn't believe it. In, in an hour, I swam uh, 4,375 yards with less effort than I usually do to swim 50 yards shorter, uh, you know, 50 yards slower. And it was, it was amazing. And it's actually a really, it's a loping kind of gait. Just burp, da burp, da burp, da burp, and just nice and even. And am I late to work? Oh crap, I'm late to work. W to the ERK, gotta go. And then on top of all that is, uh, I got up this morning and had a cup of coffee with butter and a little bit of heavy whipping cream in it and uh, Himalayan pink salt. And that was uh, snack one. And then I had, um, a big serving of you can, uh, just plain flavored, washed that down and then got in my car. Oh, I know what the other trick was. On the way in, I uh, drank coffee again. So I had my second cup of coffee, I always do that. And then I put um, butter and MCT oil in it. And I think that was my source of energy. I never felt um, lacking for energy. I'm still not hungry now. And, uh, so basically I was in ketosis while doing it. <laughs> I swam the fastest I've ever swam with no carbs. That is absolutely crazy. And fast I ever swam efficiently with the least amount of effort. Oh man. Oh my God. I'm so blown away. I'm on cloud nine. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, but I got to go into W to the ERK. Let's get it on. All right. On my way to the house, no, to work, W to the ERK. Man, I've had two uh, just epic workouts. So I already yacked about um, <laughs> yacked about yesterday's swim. And then uh, I'm gonna tell you about this morning's bike ride because it was very, very, very similar. Uh, but I'm gonna get a little bit meta. I'm listening to a podcast, uh, The Art of Charm, which I had to force myself to listen to it. I've been listening to it for a couple of years probably, but I had to force myself to listen to it a couple of years ago because it was just popular. So I was like, well, I'll check it out. Uh, it had a good show or something like that. And turns out it's not about being um, sleazy 
you know, manipulative, I hate that, um, uh, you know, charming people to, to uh, cheat your way through life. Um, it's uh, kind of um, more about how to be, a, I don't know, it's like techniques and stuff like that, but it's not, it's not cheesy and it's not to pick up chicks at all. And uh, so anyway, it's a good podcast. So the art of charm and today's guest that he's interviewing is a guy that does the art of manliness and uh, which is a big website. I don't know if they do a podcast or not, but uh, so that's meta when uh, things start referencing themselves about themselves, about themselves until it's turtles all the way down. If you ever hear the phrase turtles all the way down. That comes from a speech that a professor was giving about, a scientific science professor was given about the universe and the, um, about the origins of the universe, you know, like Big Bang and stuff like that. And he was teaching somewhere in some, uh, you know, anti-evolution, Jesus rode around on dinosaurs lady, stood up and said, well, what do you, how do you explain that, or she said, uh, I'm, it's quoted online, you can find it. Uh, I believe that the earth is what the ancient Greeks thought it, well, I don't know if they thought this, but anyway, that somebody was holding up the earth on the back of a tortoise, and then that tortoise stood on top of another tortoise, and that stood on top of another tortoise, and the professor said, well, what's under that tortoise? And she said, another tortoise. <laughs> this is in front of a huge like auditorium audience. And people are like, well, oh my God, this is, is this for real, this person? And then she said, uh, well, and then he, he thought he had her. And he said, well, what's, what's under that one? You know, he's trying to make a point that at some point there's got to be something. And uh, she said, well, that's easy. It's turtles all the way down. But the point is, down to what? <laughs> what's what's the last turtle standing on? Crazy person. Anyway, so when somebody says it's turtles all the way down, that is a reference to um, just uh, lunacy and sanity about something's never ending, and it goes to infinity, and there is no point. Okay, so the art of manliness being interviewed on the art of charm is turtles all the way down but the guy said something that I really like where he said um, I don't like this and I uh, oh, God what was the thing the, this corporate speak you know what's your branding and all you know whatever and he goes I put those two I put those two things together in the same toilet <laughs> and I was like oh man I need to start saying that I like that a lot I put that and that and that all together in the same toilet. Uh, just flush those turds down. Okay. Let's see. Uh, bike ride this morning. Uh, got up and had uh, cream. Uh, you know, whipping cream, heavy, you know, whatever cream. Not half and half, but cream in my coffee. And... What else did I have? I just remembered something I needed to say. Uh, butter. Whip it with my aerator. And sea salt, Himalayan sea salt. And uh, by the way, the whole point of me talking about the art of manliness, 
was he said, men, what makes men men is uh, having, uh, what men, this applies to women too. So it's all, it's all, it's all just sales stuff. Anyway, it's having, um, and they know that, is having, uh, not just being strong, but strong with a purpose. What's your purpose? And then that is um, having virtue and, and uh, being manly. Women totally have purpose too, probably more purpose. But anyway, that's what makes men feel manly. And when you feel the right way that's in tune with what you want to get done, then uh, you get things done and there's back to your purpose and then you feel good and then you're happy. Booms in. Okay, but back to the um, back to the workout. Butter, cream, and my coffee. And then I meditated. And what was the purpose of my meditation? My purpose was to... I've realized the purpose, what the reason I like it, is giving myself some space for five, ten minutes. Uh, things come to mind that I might have forgotten. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> what am I going to do about A, B, or C? And uh, so giving yourself a little bit of space, the margins, uh, has a purpose. And so then after that, I had another cup of coffee. I always drink two cups of coffee in the morning. And unless I'm going to go run then uh, that's a little bit too much coffee. I have to stop at the pee. But anyway, uh, tablespoon of MCT oil, and you can. Well, you can takes about 30 minutes. You can super starch to start working. So I do a quick chug of a serving of you can, and then I do coffee, uh, my second cup of coffee with the MCT oil in it. And then I sip on that. Dude, who am I behind? And why are you driving freaking two miles per hour? And anyway, got on the bike and I thought, you know, yesterday's swim was so insanely powerful. Best swim of my life. Of my life. And, uh, and my entire life. 43 years old. Had the best swim of my life. And uh, it was so powerful. So I'm going to do exactly what I did. I'm not going to use carbs during my bike ride. I'm just going to do this. You can and MCT oil ahead of time and then start biking and just not even bring any carbs with, with me. I don't even think I need them. And so I'm, I'm pedaling around Zwift Island, uh, Watopia with the volcanoes and there's people all over there and I'm pedaling around and holy crap, the Watts felt great. Never even thought. It was until the ride was over. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't have any fuel. And uh, just vibrating with um, energy. So possibly the ketosis stuff is really starting to kick in. And I'm having a, a good time. I ran last night, and it was just kind of average. So, But I did bring fuel on my run, and then I only used about half of it. I didn't want the rest. Like, I didn't want it. I was like, no, nah, I don't want that. That was weird. Because usually I'm like, oh, more. Okay, I got to go into W to the ERK. Live your day with purpose. Outbang. What's my purpose? My purpose is to work. Get your work on. All right, let's take a break and mention Amrita Bars. I just had one. Where is it? Where's the wrapper? It was the chocolate maca. Maca? Maca attack. Let's see. Let me go get it right here. Because they have regular energy bars, and then they have their recovery energy bars. Here it is. Oh, Amrita, plant-based nutrition, chocolate maca, 15 grams of protein in one bar. How about that? I have, 
I have the high protein ones after I swim. Oh man, it's such good stuff. They have all different kinds of flavors. They are non, uh, I wouldn't say non-allergenic because that's, that's like, uh, that's not the right wording, hypoallergenic. <laughs> there's no nuts, they use seeds instead for the protein. So if you have a nut allergy, there's no worries there. They are uh, vegan friendly and uh, no animal products used inside. Uh, Gluten-free, dairy-free, peanut-free, soy-free, long time, long, long time uh, sponsor of the show. Kai was in a soccer game today, drinking out of an Amrita water bottle. Speaking of the other stuff they make, they have all kinds of cool gear. And he scored two goals. Now, if you eat Amrita bars, will you score two goals in life? Probably. You never know. Got to find out. And you can find out by going to amritahealthfoods.com and using discount code ZEN2016. That's discount code ZEN2016. It's actually a really cool fuel for long rides because it's super easy to digest. And also, here's another thing. They don't freeze. A lot of bars, the competition, uses uh, stuff that will actually freeze when it gets cold. As we head into winter, Amrita bars stay soft. You can open one up and plow through it uh, nice and chewy and uh, they're date based it's really cool um, the way I eat Amrita bars when I'm biking along is I open one up and or I'll maybe pre-open one before I get going on the bike but anyway I take a bite out of it like maybe a quarter or a third of the bar in one bite and then I fold the end of the wrapper back over the rest of the bar and then I put it on uh on my quad, I stuff it up the front of my bike shorts from the uh, knee side, kind of push it up in there, and it stays flat with my quad right here, right there. And then um, 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, I just grab it, pull it back out, push the bar forward in the wrapper, boom, another bite, and it keeps your stomach feeling so good, super smooth, super nice. There's cardamom in it, which actually soothes the stomach. So, all right. That's it for Amrita Bars. Thank you so much for being a sponsor. Show them some love. Again, uh, discount code 2016, Zen2016 at AmritaHealthFoods.com. And also they have, like I said, a big store with all kinds of cool gear, shirts, jerseys, water bottles, fun stuff like that. Go check them out. All right, back to the episode. All right. I've had something come across my mind several times that I wanted to talk about. I got a few minutes here. But I've never really talked about it before. Um, I think it's kind of important because I see it happening a lot. And it's about um, people that are, I wouldn't always say younger, but they give up something. They want to quit something because they want a bigger challenge in life. So I've seen several people that I've worked with over the years, I got one right now, that wants to um, quit their current job because it's not challenging enough. They feel like they want to do something, uh, you know, just more challenging. And But from the outside looking in, which is always a, not the best place to be, to make an observation or a judgment. But um, things are actually really good where they're at. And 
the change that they want to make has major is a major major change where they're going to move across the country completely change careers turn things upside down and I've told I've told them that what they're looking for is some, something to challenge themselves and if they I've been there I've done that and if they would and these are people that are not triathletes oh, and they're not ultra runners they're not uh, but they they're somewhat athletic some of them are really athletic they're kind of all over the board but they're not endurance athletes I think is my point and I tell them and I'm what I want is to get the word out there that if you're in that position as well, um, if you would only, only give a try to running an ultra marathon instead of turning your life upside down and quitting your your career, your job, uh, you know, all that stuff, go try a Spartan beast or, I don't know, you start off small, right? But try an endurance thing where you fail (laughs) and you will fail you will not do as good as you think you're going to do you will find it incredibly difficult if you choose appropriately you won't take something that you failed too terribly at but you know and die or go to the hospital but maybe you'll finish and but you'll struggle and then you'll realize this is this is a zen thing here no matter where you go the, the thing you're looking for is a challenge to find yourself, to find, you know, what you're made of, to push yourself to be better. And the coolest thing about endurance sports is you can do that and it's portable. You can do it anywhere. You can take it with you and you can uh, do it on a schedule and do it on a regular basis. And you can compartmentalize that part of your life and have it not completely turn your life upside down Um, after I got into uh, the long longer distance triathlon the small short triathlons and I started getting the longer distance stuff I realized this stuff is really really difficult and it's so riddled with mystery and puzzle and strategies and your own shortcomings that and and there's all the problems with it and then there's all the opportunities to practice it there's hundreds thousands of ultra marathons you know endurance events uh trail running you get out in the it's just you in the woods and in the dark and you keep falling down man you keep falling down you got dirt all over you right you can't freaking, your flashlight battery dies, and then it starts raining, and then you get cold. You get really cold, man. You gotta consider, you you get so bad at it at the moment. You consider quitting, quitting, and then you power through, or you fail. You quit, right? But then you can sign up for it again. And there's, uh, uh, triathlons, you know, 
with open open ocean swims with sharks and you can you can pay just a little bit of money and go do this stuff you don't even need to pay money you could go do it on your own but I'm just saying uh, there's all this stuff available and to um, like I was saying I found that through doing this stuff I can I can work my job that isn't uh, it was challenging when I first start, started off but I've kind of mastered it you know and, and I don't live in the most interesting place but it's good it's one of the in Texas and all my family lives all around you know in Texas so I don't I mean I'd love to live in Colorado or California again or whatever but you know it's not it's not terrible the cost of living's uh, really really inexpensive and we got we can train and do stuff outside year round and there's a lot of lakes and, and we have an ocean sort of <laughs> we have hills that are almost mountains you know it ain't a bad setup because um, you just the thing about the thing about Zen and the thing about they teach in uh, I've heard uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is no matter where you go you're still there you are you're still dealing with the same you. You you know, you can move across the country and um, to a different job, a different whatever, and yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge for a few months, and then the next thing you know, because I've done that, I've moved halfway across the country to a new job and then just kind of found myself sitting there going, well, why did I even freaking move? It's the exact same problems I had at the last place, you know, and uh, nothing's, I mean, they're just slightly different. Um, and it's not, cha- it's not, uh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not feeling fulfilled at what I'm doing. And then, um, but, but through doing, you know, I mean, Ironmans and long distance swimming and stuff that, that I am not that great at, <laughs> but that, uh, you find, uh, challenges you and constantly has a potential for failure that I sit at my desk job and I walk through life now um, completely fulfilled and not needing to prove anything to anybody especially to myself right and I don't need I don't, I just don't need to, um, because I have the venue to do that anytime that I want, uh, with, with, uh, endurance sports. And so I, I know somebody that's, like I said, that's, um, in the process of, you know, uprooting himself, uh, for major life change because he's looking for, He's just not happy here. And I'm like, but he doesn't know where he wants to go. Somewhere. And I'm just like, man, dude, if I, dude, please just sign up for a trail run, dude. You know, sign up for a trail run. And, you know, but he won't, just not into it. Just won't do it. And um, big thanks to Chris Matus, by the way, for taking me out on my first trail run. Pretty much making me. And... Just to go watch. They didn't even run. It was just to watch. <laughs> and wait, I need to take a sip of my you can for it. Uh, 
before I lose it all. Hold on here. I'm gonna go run here in a minute. I think my you can. Mmm. Delicioso. But like just and then the question is, well, what distance should I sign up for? And I and I would say, if he asked me, if I could get him to, uh, I would say, how far do you think you can run okay? And if he said, I don't know, like a 10K, like six miles, I'd go, okay, then sign up for the, for the 15K. <laughs> and he'd be like, what? And I'm like, sign up for something just a little bit harder where you have to stretch yourself. And you will find yourself, um, you know, through doing this stuff. One, that was the most amazing thing doing the Ultraman was I realized as I got closer to it, there's a saying when they say Iron Man is like flying a fighter jet or at least a jet liner, you know, at a constant cruising speed, fast through the, through the atmosphere. Ultraman is like launching you into space and then letting go and you just float because it's bigger than you can than you can do anything about and you have to just let go and so the the you know getting ready to do the ultraman brian my buddy brian triboomer said uh what's your plan and i said i got no plan <laughs> I've got no plan. I'm going to start and I'm going to swim easier than I think I need, than I want. I'm going to swim easier than I want to. I'm going to, and when that's done, I'm going to bike easier than I want to. That's my plan. And then I'm going to run easier than I want to. And because I know that if I try, it's the whole Zen thing. You got to quit trying. Quit trying. Just do. Just be right and you're trying you're living in the future or you're trying to make up for the past so the strategy is just go a little bit easier uh this is it's a good strategy for iron man as well go a little bit easier than you want to and just keep doing that and let go and when i was done um, well, at some point on the bike, on day, on the day two bike, I had to completely let go. Like, I was like, this is it. After a couple hours, I think, being on the bike, maybe more, I think it was in the afternoon. It's a 172 mile bike ride. I was like, I guess this, this is what I'm going to do all day, I guess. I can't control it. All I can do is just pedal. That's all I can do is keep my head down and pedal and relax and eat. And whatever happens now is completely out of my control. And uh, I just had to let go, you know? And whatever happens, happens. And that was a big uh, Zen moment for me was just boom. Like there's nothing you can do about this. And man, what great practice for um, the tougher things like all the stoicism with Tim Ferriss and all of his hacking, hacking, hacking. Dude, 
go out and sign up for a race where it's bigger than you, bigger than you know how to handle so that you have to give up and just go with it. And it is in control and you're not. And so stoicism is all about, there's a lot in it about practicing poverty, you know, um, uh, sleep on the floor one night a month or a week, or I don't know, uh, you know, wear the same clothes for a week, uh, you know, practice poverty and then poverty is not that then you realize it's not going to kill you you'll be fine uh, so that you quit being afraid of making decisions that could uh, put you out on the street and um, riding riding a bike in the middle of the day and there's nothing you can freaking do about it but keep but keep going forward and it hurts it physically hurts to keep going but you've committed to it it's bigger than you you don't know what's going to happen so you just keep your head down and keep going uh, my wife is a uh, the beautiful and powerful amazing Zentri nurse she's a cancer uh, she's a cancer clinic nurse she deals with and she was a hospice nurse uh, for 10 years or something you know so you're dealing with people that hospices they're dying and they're going to die they're terminal that's bigger than you and it's now in your face and it hurts and cancer uh, chemotherapy you will die if you don't take care of yourself and they're hoping that you won't and it hurts you're sick and it's a powerful moment but it never never ends and uh, doing um Something that's bigger than you, where it hurts, and you put yourself in that situation, um, is just a microcosm of, of, uh, but it's an experience. It's a small peek into uh, the bigger things in life. So, for example, we um, uh, we might sell our house and uh, move to a different neighborhood, but we got to take a risk. We got to commit to buying another house before we've sold ours. And that could put us out on the street, right? But you just start the process, the process, and just commit and just kind of see what happens. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. It's like having a kid. You know? You don't know what's gonna, how it's going to end up, man. Kid could be amazing. Kid could be a pain in your butt. <laughs> kid could end up in prison. Kid could uh, be amazing. Uh, did I already say that? Um, I mean, of course, you can influence it. Uh, kid could die in a car wreck. Uh, when it's a baby, when it's a teenager, when it's 25, when it has its own kids, could have cancer and die, you know. So um, the challenge is you don't you don't need to willfully turn your life upside down and move away when things are already good where you're at. Um, to fulfill, to, to scratch that itch. Uh, endurance sports can provide it in uh, doses. Um, I'll be like, man, look at, hey, this 30-year-old guy is now like uh, top 10 in the world. And uh, he didn't even start running until he was uh, 25. And now he's top 10 in the world in ultra running. And, uh, and he was an accountant. Before Gwen Jorgensen was a freaking accountant, and uh, they they scoped her out and said, "Hey, you you could be really good at this." And so she uh, 
she started doing uh, triathlons and then ended up in the Olympics winning a gold medal. So you you sitting there at your at your desk as an accountant thinking that life sucks and you know you need to turn everything upside down. Um, you don't. Go sign up for something that's harder and bigger than you that's right there in your town. And then you're like, holy crap, this is really difficult. I want to get better at this. And then now you're, now you're challenging yourself uh, in a way that's healthy, that's not uh, turning everything upside down. And um, you're still there with your family, your friends to help you and support you. And you can get it um, all right there. Sorry, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Uh, that endurance sports are, are, um, are a method to um, make you happy right where you're at. <sighs> but I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. Most of you already know that. All right. I'm going to get my stuff ready. I'm going to go for a run. Doing a flat run to kind of keep, um, keep my feet nice and healed up. I got a, I got a nice route plan. We're going to see how it goes. Out, bang. All right, I'm back, and I think we're going to be wrapping up this show. Man, we are we are house hunting, and we're looking for a house, and, and uh, we found one that has a swimming pool in the backyard. I could put an endless lane, endless pool uh, lane, uh, wave generator, current generator in the backyard, and then I can start coaching people again, <clears throat> again on um, swim technique. Just come over to my house, hang out, and I can video video you while you're swimming. And we can get your arm entry, get it all figured out, video you, and then do side-by-side your video with a professional swimmer and look at the differences. And then you can start cleaning yourself up and then you could keep the video. It'd be pretty cool. Oh, man. Okay, back to the thing I was just talking about, about finding yourself. Um, There's this thing where people that are born blind... You can tell somebody that was born blind versus somebody that uh, was not born blind, uh, that went blind later in life. People that are born blind, when they you put an object or something in front of them, uh, supposedly, uh, they feel for the edges first. They get the outline of the of the object, uh, you know, in their mind, and then they um, then they have a better idea of what the object is. And people that went blind later in life or not born blind, they'll grab the object, you know, and start feeling right in the middle of it, feel the middle, but instead of feeling the edges and finding the outline. But anyway, I was just listening to Joan Sotkin, which is, uh, she's this old lady, really old lady that is just awesome. She's real intuitive and she has a podcast and I've actually talked to her on the phone one time. She's really cool. And, uh, she was mentioning about finding yourself by finding out what you're not. And that goes back to what I was just talking about with you do stuff bigger than you that's harder than what you can do and you find out what you're not. And then that gives you the outline, like like I was saying about a blind person finding uh, what something is by the outline. Then they know what it is. Like if it's a plate, they feel the edges of the plate first and all around the edges. And then they know how about how big it is and all that stuff. And um, you do something that's bigger than you, um, and you fail. You find your fail points. There's fail point over here, fail point over there. You know, where do you end? Where, where, do you, where can you not exist? And so, like, one of your edges, you could only run 30 miles, right? 
uh, without stopping. And that's, that's your edge over there. Um, you try hot races and you find out how hot is too hot, right? You can go up to this point, right? You try too few calories, too many calories, and it's by the edges that you actually find out who you are. So you kind of have to fail all over the place to find out who you really are and what you're made of. And that's, um, that's why doing the hard stuff is you find out, you're about to find out a whole lot about yourself when you do a hundred mile trail. Because <laughs> you're going to find your edges. You're going to find out actually who you are. And because I've always, I thought about that a lot where why does, um, why does doing like an Ironman teach you about yourself? Why does something really difficult teach you about yourself, uh, teach you more about yourself and makes you feel good and makes you feel like confidence of knowing, you know, yeah, why does it teach you confidence? And it's, and it's because you found your edges and it's okay to find your edges because now you know who you are. Um, and now you know what you're capable of. And because this, it's what gives you confidence is you now you know what's like you can't do or what you can do up until a point and then what you can't do. And then that gives you the confidence to say no to certain things. And no, can't do that. I don't, I don't do really well in cold races, for example. Uh, I do, but I'm just saying the person talking say, I just don't do really well in cold races. And you know that because you've done cold races and you found out you don't do well in them. Like say it's a really cold swim or something. And um, you do better in hot races. And you wouldn't know that unless you did them and you find your fail points. And then your fail points all around you give you your outline and now you know who you are. Like a silhouette. You know, you know your shape. And that gives you confidence and that's how you can go through life. So I'm going to leave you with that. Until next episode, all right? Everybody, stay safe out there. Work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out. <laughs>